Twas the night before the holidays, with a head filled with stress. So much was stirring, your mind might feel under duress. Connecting with others brings us joy, and it may be time well spent. But these same connections may impact your money despite your best intent. For those who you deem special, you keep giving with the greatest of care. Yet for some friends, family, and colleagues, you fail to be there. You continue to wrestle with friendships in the time that they are given, and you may not realize the impact that they have on a financial decision. Tis the season to celebrate the value that brings us together, but these relationships may also be a source of monetary pressure. Special occasions can create the fondest of memories despite all the fret. My intention is to share some financial wisdom to avoid feelings of regret. So before you begin your days of holiday cheer, I hope you'll take 20 minutes first and lend me your ear. I wish to bestow upon you the gift of behavioral insight, then wisdom for all, in wishing all a financial future that shines bright. Hello, I'm your host Joel, and welcome to our fourth and final episode of Season 5, where we're focused on the misunderstood frets of regrets. And today's conversation is entitled, intriguingly enough, Your Friendship Sucks. Now, I know that title sounds very harsh, but bear with me. I promise you, it's not as bad as all that. I'd like to once again remind Finn Wisdom listeners that this entire season is dedicated to regrets because of the power they have over us and our ability to manage our money. The categories and the naming conventions used to label the regrets are derived from the book The Power of Regret, written by Daniel Pink, who is a famous New York Times bestselling author, and he concentrates on social science. This book compelled me, and the reason I decided to dedicate this season to changing our view of regrets from a negative force to a positive one when it comes to our financial decision-making. The focus of this episode will be what Mr. Pink has labeled as connection regrets. This is one of the most popular regrets and why I saved it for last. The relationships that produce this type of regret vary, but in essence, they surface as a result of a relationship coming undone or that is fragmented or dysfunctional, yet we maintain them. And while this episode may make me seem like a Grinch during this holiday season, I'm exploring this regret this time of year for a very good reason. Okay, okay, I'll stop at the rhymes, and I hope Clement Clark Moore, the author of the famous poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, will forgive my creative spoof, but I think the opener was a timely teaser for this episode. And it's definitely a time of year where we reflect on relationships, sometimes fondly, sometimes regrettably. And let me explain why. So you probably have a good friend who you've known for a lengthy time. And over the years, you've been there for them, every step of the way. You were there when they were having a bout of depression or a bad breakup to help them get out there and meet people, cheer them on in their efforts to achieve a lifelong goal, be a sounding board for career advice, 
celebrate special occasions, and they're one of the first people you call and ask to join you on some great adventure, whether it's to check out a restaurant, a fun-filled activity or road trip, or perhaps you are the one they call for help. Whether that be a small favor or to lend a little money or just to be a good ear by listening to the many woes they have at any time. And over the years, you spent a great deal of time and money on them, like spending hours in search of the perfect gift because you know them so well. You're always there for them. But on that rare occasion, something goes haywire in your own life and you turn to your good friend for a little help or an open ear. But when you ask for that one simple favor in return for all the support you've given them, that response, no matter how gentle the message is conveyed, seems to be an apologetic and empathetic resounding no. Um, I think not. For one given circumstance or another, they are unavailable at the time of your greatest need. And then you ask yourself, after all I've done for them, how could they do this to me? Why do I consider this person a good friend? And that's our topic for discussion today, to talk about the disappointing relationships with friends, family members, and co-workers that unknowingly influence, possibly sabotage your financial decision-making. I just talked about an experience in a personal friendship. But this could have been about a relationship with your significant other, your sibling, your parents, your employees, colleagues, or boss, or your social connections. And I feel social platforms are a real good place to drive home how influential connection regret is on your decision making or actions you take or the lack thereof. LinkedIn in particular is known as a platform more for business connections. The story could have been just as easily about someone you're connected with online. Maybe you wrote that person a recommendation, perhaps even shared their profile with others who you felt could help them in their careers, or even go as far as virtually introduce that acquaintance to other like-minded individuals that you felt could catapult their career. And one day, let's say you're seeking to improve your own career growth and development, and you learn that a huge influencer and potentially a great resource is a connection to someone in your own circle. And so you reach out to your, quote, good friend within your network. Maybe they could do you a favor and advocate. However, what you get in return is a weak write-up or even worse, no response to your plea at all. And you're asking yourself, why are we even connected? Isn't this the point of the platform? But I want to turn this around. Up until now, we've been discussing connection regret in the eyes of us being the victim. But there's another side of the story, and that's when you are the one accountable for leading to remorse. In some instances, we are that fair-weathered friend, business partner, or unreliable half of a relationship. Perhaps for particular relationships, you may not feel remorse, and perhaps it's even warranted. But if you're someone who has empathy, you know what it's like to feel the failure of not being there for someone or an organization that's been there for you. Let's get into the holiday spirits, shall we? 
In Charles Dickens' classic tale, A Christmas Carol, we become familiar with Scrooge and his journey with the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. But the first spirit we meet is Jacob Marley. Marley was Scrooge's equally tight-wad, greedy partner in the business who died years earlier, and Dickens establishes the friendship between the two early on in the story. Marley plays an important role, warning Scrooge that if he does not change his ways, he too will experience the damning consequences of his sinful behavior in the afterlife, condemned to wander the world in heavy chains. By the way, if you want to know the impact of sinful behavior, I recommend you listen to the previous episode if you haven't done so already. Anyway, Marley shares his regret with Scrooge in an attempt to prevent him from sharing his fate. Having never helped out his fellow humans in life, he has been doomed to walk the earth in death without the ability to help them. And he knows that Scrooge also walks through the streets ignoring the needs of others. And that's where I'm taking a twist on the story. You see, my focus is on Marley, not Scrooge. Marley's purpose is to help Scrooge avoid regret, specifically connection regret. But Marley is a troubled soul because he ignored empathy and wasn't there for family, friends, or colleagues when they needed him. The telltale sign to help recognize if you are experiencing this type of remorse is when you keep hearing your inner voice say, if only I reached out. And so the narrator of our story explains how Scrooge glimpses the spirits of many men he knew in life before they fade away again, and he questions whether he really did see suffering souls, or was it all just imagination. But at this point, it doesn't matter, because either way, he expresses regret over a past lack of generosity. He has relived lonely events of his childhood and the sadness he has repressed and awakens to those in the living who he could make a difference. It's definitely a touching tale and moral, but in reality, you need to know your limits. From a monetary perspective, is the relationship helping or hurting your ability to create money energy in your own life? In fact, by helping or not helping others or dwelling on connection regret, may be sapping some of that money energy. And what happens if you neglect your connections? It's like your teeth. Ignore them and they will go away forever. I for one hate the long-lasting guilt when I hear or come across someone I once knew that I had more than a passing relationship and learn of hardships where I could have eased their pain or learn of their successes and regret not sharing or being part of their positive outcomes. And by the way, just like maintaining your teeth as with maintaining relationships, you need to give your money attention on a daily basis. Don't let those valuable, financially impactful connections rot. Maintain a healthy relationship with them and you'll improve your relationship with money, which I think is the cue to get into the connection between your money and connection regrets right after this sponsor message.
You want to know what makes a great coach. It's a combination of traits that include excellent communication skills, confidence, positive attitude, empathy, and the ability to see the whole picture. It's why coaches are so good at what they do. But there is one area of expertise that even the best coaches could use some coaching of their own. In fact, adding this capability may help business exponentially and equally clients' well-being. I'm talking about improving the relationship with money and how to build money energy. And it's not just a concept. It's an actual science and can be infused into your coaching techniques. In turn, this may help make you stand out from all other coaches out there. So you're invited to participate in possibly one of the most influential webinars of your career. And it's called Introducing Money Energy in Business Coaching. And whether you are a professional coach or coach to others in your own role in life, I encourage you to register for this free event. Visit dnabehavior.com to learn more. That's D-N-A-B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R.com. Connection regret surfaces in two forms. They can be closed doors or open doors. Closed door regrets are those relationships where there's just no way of going back. That could mean it is nearly impossible to repair, that there's no available path to make amends. Sometimes that closed door is an intentional decision we have made, but sadly in some cases, it may mean that a relationship that soured will forever be because that person passed away. And in those cases, we carry a very heavy burden. Open door regrets is just that. There is a potential path, perhaps more than one, you could take to possibly address the grief. These pathways are opportunities. The longer you ignore them, the more likely those opportunities will close with time. And that goes with your financial wellness too. Reduced opportunities equate to less financial freedom and a decline in your ability to generate money energy for yourself. Connection regret also can be experienced either indirectly and directly. Let's first start with the indirect association between the two, and that is the indirect monetary loss when you fail to build strong relationships. Think about the social media example and the regrets of not helping someone you once had a working relationship with. The indirect association to your money is that connection regret resulted in a loss of career growth and in turn, a lost opportunity to create more wealth. How connection regret can directly impact your ability to generate money energy is by hesitating to act on opportunities. In fact, opportunities are where you can achieve quantum leaps and creating wealth. Those connectivity choices those instances where we chose to close doors to connectivity may significantly impact your lifestyle-sustaining income in the future. Equally, spending energy on unhealthy relationships, where you're giving far outweighs what you receive, is not a good use of your time and money. And I'm not saying every relationship is a balanced swap between giving and taking. But the emotional frustration derived from a very lopsided relationship means you're misdirecting your energy that could be used toward avoiding this behavioral risk. I also associate connectivity risk with the endowment effect. 
a topic that was discussed in the very first season and the very first episode of Fin Wisdom. It's when you give situations greater value just because you've built a relationship with an object, product or service, organization, a person, or investment. Let's dedicate the rest of the podcast to learning about what you can do today to use these types of regrets to your monetary advantage right after this sponsor message. You may already know, the sponsor Fin Wisdom is DNA Behavior, but one of the reasons I'm proud of that fact is anyone, and that includes you, can visit dnabehavior.com and take a free behavioral assessment to uncover your personal behavioral style. DNA Behavior is known as the Behavior and Money Insights Company for a reason. They have the science, tools, and programs to help you and your organization take quantum leaps in decision-making, talent acquisition, and enhancing your client's experience. This isn't just a pitch. It's also a sincere and genuine opportunity to learn more about yourself. So visit dnabehavior.com. That's D-N-A-B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R.com to start your own discovery of why you do what you do with your money. Learn how DNA behavior can also help improve your organization's decision-making or help add value to your own coaching practices. There is one key ingredient to overcoming connection regret, and that's aligned with your empathy. In fact, act on it and stop contemplating whether or not to make reconnection, and the sooner the better. I could tell you the old adage, it's never too late, but that's just not true. Just think of those times you met someone or had the chance to be part of an influential organization or project and you failed to act with no way of knowing how to get a second chance. I think we have all, at one time or another, felt the regret of not trying harder to connect earlier in our life. On the flip side, if you sense someone has a lack of empathy, you are bound to experience a toxic relationship. And keep in mind that goes for your money. And again, last episode we discussed the seven sins of financial behavior. One was sloth, being lazy with your money. If you don't give it the attention it needs to develop and grow it, to build money energy, your relationship with money becomes toxic too. It's probably going to suck. And this is when I decide to label today's episode, Your Friendship Sucks. Oh, I hate you. Not just in the literal sense with people you may know, but in terms of your relationship with your money. So let's talk more about what you can do if you're experiencing connection regret. The first is setting commitment or establishing firm points of action. That's when you need to stop being vague about what you're going to do and actually set or propose real dates to do something. And when it comes to your money, that's financial planning. So the overarching advice here is to literally take action and not just think about it. For example, tell me how good it feels when you actually do something and check off that task on your, let's say, to-do list. Well, create a to-do list related to your money. I personally wake up every morning and write down three tasks I want to tackle that day. 
These are activities or actions that are not tethered to my daily routines. Make sure one of those items on your list is related to financial wellness. And I mean a task, not a goal. For illustrative purposes, having a budgeting objective is a complex set of activities to accomplish. What I'm recommending is tackling one item related to budgeting, and I always say the easiest place to start is expenses. Because you can't save for the short term or the long term if you have more going out than what's coming in. So as an example, let's talk about subscriptions. I start by looking at transactions on my credit cards and checking accounts and make note of any that relate to a form of subscription-based charge. But here's the thing. Once you start analyzing these types of transactions, you're going to realize how much you really spend on subscriptions to magazines, gym membership, streaming entertainment, maybe it's even damage protection on consumer or tech products you've purchased, maybe it's access to cloud-based software, delivery service memberships, paid loyalty programs, digital subscriptions, any reincurring expense, and even consider the credit card annual fees themselves that you pay. I was just using subscription programs as an example, but this is an exercise in seeing where your money is going out versus what's coming in, and whether or not you need to take action to improve your budget-conscious plan. This next tidbit is very tough, because you need to first recognize how money energy, or the lack thereof, caused by connection regret are related. And if you think about the impact, it is more than emotional. That connection regret, as in the social network example mentioned earlier in the podcast, just caused you a lost opportunity to grow your career, or maybe you caused someone else to lose the same opportunity. And lack of career growth is a lost opportunity, and a lost opportunity may impact your ability to generate wealth for the remainder of your life. Again, this is a real tough one because sometimes people change and may prove to be an invaluable relationship later in life, but you can limit exposure. For example, we all like to acknowledge a special event or reason to celebrate, but do you feel compelled to send an e-gift or would an e-card suffice? I'm not saying to go cheap and not to give a gift when warranted, but I ask myself a simple question that determines the level of gift or just a quick note. And that is, how does the relationship benefit my well-being in return? If they bring me joy, love, sound advice, networking opportunities, or financial gain, my giving is aligned to the value of appreciation. It helps reduce my expectations from them and the expectations they have of me. In turn, that reduces the risk of connection regret. Which leads me to my next and last words of Finn Wisdom for today. Disappointment in others and programs is sometimes unavoidable. Try not to let these feelings of stress, anger, or remorse linger. Recognize it. Release the negative energy and move on because you're wasting some valuable energy on a lost cause. And in this case, it is like the old saying goes, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. The point here is to help you see the signs of connection regret. And if you can see it creep into your thinking, 
and you avert that energy elsewhere to reduce behavioral risks. That extra energy, by the way, can create opportunities to improve your own money energy potential. I have one parting thought before ending this conversation. What's ironic is how many of my own close friends, after watching the Fin Wisdom video teaser for the season and saw the title for this episode, thought it was about them, which I find quite humorous. Well, those of you I consider my friends, I will not deny that there are times where the favors you may have asked from me sucked. But rest assured, I definitely don't think our friendship sucks. I value relationships tremendously and cherish the experiences we have shared over the years. And for each of you listening right now, I am grateful for all your support since the podcast began. I look forward to forging even stronger relationships with all of you next year and hopefully helping you gain a clearer understanding of why you do what you do with your money. Until then, may you have a very fun and festive holiday season. As a copyright reminder, written permission is required to use any of the content shared. Any views expressed are my own and are not the opinion of any entity unless otherwise mentioned during the program. And since we are critical thinking creatures, these opinions are subject to change. For financial advice, consider consulting a licensed financial professional. And make sure to watch your inbox for the next exciting episode of Fin Wisdom.